Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, This week, I'm excited to share my first Australian guest. Um, His name is Tristan Wright, and he is the founder of Evolve to Grow. So thank you so much for joining me. in the morning for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's 8 a.m. On, on Friday morning when we're recording this. So I'm coming to you from the future today. Yay. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah, and I'm sorry I, I can't ship internationally. I'm, I've been trying to like get wine.com to let me ship internationally, but they won't let me. <laughs> that's okay. I've got I've got a coffee instead because oh, it's nice. 8 a.m. in the morning. So. Yeah, that's true. That would be a little... <laughs> It'd be a bit strange if I was having champagne at 8 a.m. before uh, before work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, awesome. Well, yay. I'm excited to dive in and learn. I was reading about your story on your website um, about how you started your first business and then just, you know, a few things that happened and it kind of got you to go where you are now. So I would love it if you would want to share with the listeners a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are now. I can definitely share a bit more about my background. So uh, basically, I I started out my professional life uh, as an engineer. So I studied uh, mechanical engineering and industrial design. And I played around in that space for a little bit for a couple of years, but it was never really, uh, I never really enjoyed working for someone else. I was always looking for, for the next opportunity. And one day I was riding with a bunch of friends, so riding my push bike, um, and they all just they all said to me, "Hey, we've got to get some cycling clothes. We've got to get our own uniform." Mm-hmm. And I was the one that got lumped with with organising the uniforms. So at the time in Australia, there wasn't many high quality supplies at a good quality price. So I thought, okay, I'm going to see if I can go direct to manufacturers over in China. And I found some manufacturers in China and organised some clothes for the group. Uh, a month or two later when we received it, uh, we got the clothes. They looked awesome, but we put them on and they were see-through. So oh, no. jumped on the bike <laughs> and we could see everyone's bums. <laughs> so, um, and and for me, it was a lesson. It's like, cool, it looks, everything looks good online, but uh, I hadn't specified exactly what I wanted. So the manufacturers had just gone with the cheapest material. So, <laughs> but... Uh, I re- I learned off that and realized that there was actually a a gap in the market for good quality cycling clothing. So uh, we fixed up those clothes, um, but then uh, I progressed in my spare time, starting to build a, a custom sportswear business. Mm. And before I knew it, I was turning over three hundred grand per annum, uh, just working from my kitchen table in the evenings. So there was that much of a need uh, that within 18 months to two years that had built up to that. Wow. So, uh, and this was all when I was 24, I think, uh, 24, 25. Uh, I went full-time on the business uh, after that and kept on growing, growing the business and, and got it to a seven-figure turnover. 
And when you're in your mid-20s and you've got a seven-figure turnover business, uh, you don't you become arrogant and you don't uh, look to others for support because I'd got all, all of that uh, initial success uh, quite easily and and got to that point without external help. Um, but what I didn't know at the time was that the market conditions were good and, and it was uh, just a lot of it was just dumb luck kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yes, there's a tiny bit of hard work, but it was dumb luck that I hadn't uh, come across any hurdles. And then uh, all of a sudden in the a six-month period, I, w- I was purchasing clo- uh, all the clothing. I was designing it and purchasing it all over in China. But um, So when we're uh, buying product out of China, we're buying in U.S. dollar. So, mm-hmm. but... In a six-month period, the US do- the Aussie dollar tanked against the US dollar. So, rather than so basically, rather than going from parity, it ended up being that we we dropped, and all of a sudden everything got expensive. So my margins disappeared overnight. Mm. Uh, so going from making lots of profit to next to no profit, uh, and that would have been okay, except at the same time, my wife came to me and said she wanted a divorce. So. Two massive, um, big changes in my life. I'd never dealt with any uh, with any big issues like that previously, and they yeah. both happened at the same time. And you were kind of young too. I mean, re- yeah. you know, relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. Um, I think at that stage I was 27, 28, mm-hmm. 28. Oh, um, and all of a sudden, the two most important things to me in my in my world. Um, were disappearing and yeah. I hadn't had challenges before that so my natural my natural instinct was to just put my head in the sand and, and not deal with it so <laughs> I, I literally just put, put my head in the sand and tried to hide for six months and and ignore it and <laughs> I've been there yep six, I know how that goes <laughs> yeah um, six months later I woke up metaphorically speaking and I was 200 grand in debt which uh, and the the marriage was over, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, financially, I was two hundred grand in debt and not in a, a good mental space. So yeah, that wasn't a good um, good situation to be in. But that was going from the highs of the business being turning over a million million dollars uh, plus to to being negative two hundred k in debt and having staff working for you and wondering what to do. Right and. I was out for a walk one day and I thought, I've got two options. I can go bankrupt or and 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 take forever to to get back to where I was, or I could just own up to it and take responsibility of my actions and realize that I can't do it by myself and go and get support mm. um, and and talk to people that have been there and done that uh, and and rebuild the business. And I thought, I don't want to take forever to pay off this debt and uh, all of this sort of stuff. So I thought, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I do things. And so I rebuilt the business, uh, went and got uh, external guidance, uh, talked to people that had been in similar situations and, yeah, rebuilt the business to a point that it was profitable again, that it was paying off its debts. And then I was able to sell, sell the business. Uh, it got to a point that it was doing so well again that my sales manager came to me one day and said, "Hey, do you want to 
do you want to sell the business? And I said, uh, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> <Sure>. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, to be honest, I, I fixed it up, but I wasn't as passionate about the business anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I saw the writing on the wall that I could get it to a certain level, but I couldn't take it to the next level. So I, I was then able to, to successfully exit the business and end up in a, a net positive position after, after all of that journey. That is a heck of a, a roller coaster, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that was all that was all before I was 30. Wow. So. Oh, that's crazy. And now, but now you help business owners with their businesses, right? Yeah, that's it. So uh I I was in the fortunate position after selling the business that I didn't need to go straight back to work. Mm. Uh I did a bit of contracting here and there. Uh but I I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do next. And a cu- fast forward a, a couple of years, um, Aaron, my new partner, and I were over on holiday in Europe, in, specifically in Croatia at the time. And we're out for dinner one night in, in Dubrovnik and we talked, I, I was sort of a bit lost still wondering what I wanted to do. And over a glass, a couple of glasses of red wine, nice <laughs> Croatian red wine, um, we got creative thinking, talking about my past and what I enjoyed and what I loved doing and what I was good at. And doing a bit of mental research, it's like, cool, you've always been a leader as a kid. You've always liked leading sports teams. You've always helped, liked helping people out. You've always wanted to take people on the journey with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got you've got experience running business. Why don't you use those skills and passions? Or why don't I use those skills and passions to help others so they don't have to go through what I went through. So whilst we're over there, the um, the story of Evolve to Grow was born. It was like, yeah, it just makes sense. I love leading. I love helping. Mm-hmm. I love business. I don't want others to go through what I went through. Why don't I set up a, a business coaching consulting uh, business to help others? So, and that's how Evolve to Grow started. Oh, I love that. And when, what year did you start it? Like how long have you had it? That was, I'm pretty sure the holiday was either June 2017, sorry, July 2017 or July 2018. I can't remember if it was 17 or 18. But, yeah, about four years I've been running it now. So we we came back from holiday. I started doing a bit more study into the coaching space uh, and and then I built the business up ever so slowly and now I've got, uh, I'm at the point where I've, got one-on-one clients, group coaching clients. I've got a team in the Philippines and I've got clients all over Australia and uh, I've got clients in Singapore. I've had clients in the States. I've had clients in UK. Um, yeah, so just growing, a, I guess, a, a multinational business now. Not a big one, but one where I'm in control of my time. I'm in control of when I work and when I don't work and I'm having an impact on other people's lives and I'm making some good money out of it as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And you can hear, you can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about it. I love that. Um, and I love that, you know, you've been on such a journey that there's so much you could help business owners with, you know what I mean? Um, is there any specific industries that you work with or you kind of work with, with any business owner? So it's interesting because my previous business was, uh, uh, effectively an online product business and, mm-hmm. but I don't play in that space at all my my focus is b 
B2B service-based business owners with the proven offer. Mm -hmm. So whether it's an architect, a marketing business, uh, an accountant, uh, it's someone uh, that is that serves other businesses with a service and they've been in business for a couple of years. Uh, typically, they've got, say, two to 10 staff. That's, okay. that's where I get the biggest results. They've had a few initial issues in their business and they, they want to break through and get to that next level. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. And so you mentioned, you know, obviously you had quite a bit of challenges and, you know, and I just, this question just kind of popped in my mind, you know, we, all of us worldwide for the last year and a half have faced quite a bit of challenges, you know, um, as far as running businesses. We're, we're still in lockdown in Melbourne. We Are you? Week, oh, that's we, right. We broke the world record for the most amount of days in lockdown. Uh, We've been in lockdown now for 245 days. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, I kind of forgot. I've seen some news come out of Australia lately that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 difficult. Let, yeah. I'll just put it like that. So we're allowed five k's from home, and our restaurants aren't open. Our retail stores are only open for click and collect. It's uh, uh we're allowed to see a couple of people a day. So it's still still difficult to hear. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting. There's this uh, light at the end of the tunnel. We're meant to be opening up in about a month. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm just like, well, now yeah. I have got to figure out a way to get him some wine. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wine has actually been one of our saviors. So many people have been drinking wine at night. Just to, as, as sad as it is, um, people have been drinking wine every single night just yeah. to, to get through it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, when you can't go anywhere, you know, and you can't see yeah. people. And I mean, that's, I don't know. It's not, you know. Not the best coping me mechanism all the time, but sometimes no. it's necessary, you know? <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how, you know, is there any way you approach, like, tips for, you know, challenging times or, you know, like, anything that you've learned over your journey of to, like, you know, just keep going or anything like that? The biggest thing for me, like, yes, we've got our big goals, like where we want to get to. Uh, but a lot of the time we forget to break them into mini goals and then micro goals, and then we forget to measure progress. So yes. uh, it's about like looking at on a Friday afternoon, are you further ahead in your business and your personal life than where you were last Friday? And if, if your answer is yes, you've made progress and you should be happy with yourself. If we don't have to, to achieve everything straight away we just have to be making some form of progress and when we're making progress whether it's business or personal we're more likely to be happy yeah oh I love that it makes total sense too you know because I think a lot of times we look at our big goals or what we're doing and you, you we tend to gloss over those little wins that actually add up to the big wins you know yeah we come become overwhelmed with the big yeah. goals but we need to realize that we have to have mini goals, smaller goals, and micro goals that will help us get to those bigger goals. And we focus on on those mini and micro goals that will help us progress. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, so are there in your business, like any like apps or automations or like tools that you just can't live without that you love using in your business? Yeah. So uh, for me, it's there's two things. And there needs to be a really good communication tool and a really good uh, project management tool. But the reason why you need a project management tool is to, to manage your procedures. So 
in my mind, anything that is done more than once uh, needs to have a, a standard operating procedure around it. So, so that way, if I'm sick, someone else in my team can do the task or if someone else that's, that owns that task is sick, someone else can do that. Uh, so everything I do in my business that has got uh, that is repetitive has a procedure around it and is managed in a project management tool. And the project mm-hmm. management tool that we use is ClickUp mm-hmm. so, because it's so, so flexible. In the, for me, for a service-based business, ClickUp is the best way to, to manage a project. It's, uh, it's Trello or Asana on steroids. It's so flexible. Um, yeah. And then having an international team, communication is key. And I, I use Slack. So uh, making sure I uh, can communicate. I've got a lot of staff in the Philippines and the easiest way to communicate to them is Slack. Mm-hmm. I but love what Slack. I say, yeah, Slack's awesome. So, <laughs> but it's really, really hard uh, to switch off. So yes. I've, got an, I've got other apps on my phone and my computer that when it comes 6.30 at night, between 6.30 at night and 6.30 in the morning, I can't access Slack, I can't access, Slack, I can't access uh, uh, ClickUp, and I can't access my email. So having a tool that stops me being able to access my business tools in the evening and in the morning is probably the best of them all. Oh, God, what is that? That's amazing. Because I know, like, I, I just kind of out of habit, I'll pick up my phone, you know, like 5, 30, 7 p.m., you know, just kind of when yep. things kind of, you know, are mellow and the kids are doing stuff and my husband's like, it's not work time. Why are you looking at the phone? You know? <laughs> so so uh, there's two different ones. There's one called Block Site and the other one is called oh. Stay Focused. And and that literally stops you accessing uh, the apps on your phone. And <sighs> It's amazing how much time you get back and what you can do in the evenings if you're not scrolling on on the phone. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I do as much as I love Slack too. I, I'm bad about forgetting to turn off the notifications, and sometimes, yeah, Slack. I'm just like it's a black hole of like, oh, wait, what was I doing yeah. before I just started answering <laughs> all of these Slack messages? You know, you you'll realize you become so much more productive during business hours. And you'll be much more happy uh, out of ours because at the end of the day, business is a tool for life. So business is there for us to enjoy our personal life. But if we're not allowing ourselves to enjoy our personal life, why are we running our business? Yes. Oh, I love that. That's such a a great way to look at it because a lot of times it's flip-flopped. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like if we're we're on our phone uh, scrolling through Slack in the evening at 8 o'clock, um, that means business is controlling our life where it should be the other way around. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 100% agree. Um, so how do you, like, what's your favorite or most effective way that you market your, your business? And this might be different, I feel like, because you are B2B service-based. So a lot of my guests are like, you know, brick and mortar or different things. So I'm interested to hear um, what your most effective way of marketing your business is. So I've got a couple of different ways. Uh, the, the, me, it's it's about brand awareness and the ways that I can get brand awareness. So e- the easy way, repetitive way uh, that I set and forget is SEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for people to, to become aware of who I am and know what I am like as a person, it's things like podcasts and, and guest speaking. So I, I actually go out and, and jump on multiple different podcasts and talk to people and, and help help them and they and 
I'm helping other people's audiences yeah. and in turn they get to know who I am. And and I may not I may not get clients from it immediately, but it will help me from an SEO perspective. But then I can also share this podcast with my audience. So uh, so and then people get to know who I am as a person. Yeah. But then I on a day-to-day basis, I've got a Facebook group and I just invite people into my Facebook group and, and I share content with them, whether it's videos that I'm talking and educating them on or or written written education pieces as well. Oh, I love that. Can anybody join your group? Of course I can. Oh, so, awesome. Okay, what is it? So in case anybody listening wants to, you know, get yep. to know you and learn from you further. It's on Facebook. It's called The Business Evolution. So it would be facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash The Business Evolution. Awesome. Okay, I will put that in the podcast notes as well. Cool. Yay. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, I just, because I'm so like marketing is, I just love it. Um, I love hearing yes. everybody's different answers because, it, you know, it's across the board. <laughs> what What's really interesting is so many businesses, like from a marketing perspective, there's a top of the funnel the middle of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel. The bottom of the funnel is the sales bit. So you see, so, so you'll see ads on Facebook and Google. People, or, or businesses saying, "Book a call with me or come and buy." That's the bottom of the funnel. Mm-hmm. So many people and businesses forget the middle of the funnel and the top of the funnel. The top of the funnel is where people need to become aware of you, mm-hmm. and, uh, so you become a subject matter authority. I would, I would classify me being a guest on a podcast is top of the funnel. And mm-hmm. you've got to put a lot of energy into that uh, to build to build yourself up as a subject matter expert. Uh, Nike, for instance, top of the funnel is them sponsoring events, um, so people become aware of Nike. So if they if they're um, they might be sponsoring a sports team or sponsoring an event, that's their top of the funnel marketing. Mm-hmm. It used to be Bill Bowerman driving his car around to track events and exactly. you know showing people his car like his shoes out the trunk of his car exactly and um so you've obviously you've obviously read the book recently um is, is that how, how you're aware of it or have you just followed the nike journey? actually it's been a long time it was one of my lifelong goals to work for nike um i played oh, soccer wow. my whole life and just yeah, yeah i really um i live like an hour and a half from the nike campus and i've even gone to visit it it's gorgeous um but jealous (laughs) yeah if you ever come over to this side i'll take you over there um but yeah just their story is incredible you know and just yeah i've really and i really enjoyed like learning about prefontaine and what he did um just yeah i've always kind of kept up with it (laughs) yeah the the whole nike story is amazing it is yeah Yeah. and it just goes to show you you know i mean uh, marketing takes time you know when it's effective you know you really like you're saying you have to build those relationships and yes there's tons of different ways you can do it but they still all take some time to get up and running and people remember you you know Um, exactly yeah totally so I, i i get clients coming to me and say that they they listen to or watch the podcast from three years ago and they're like i know who you are i understand your philosophy um let's start working together and i haven't done any work um, to to convert them other than them listening to a podcast from a couple of years ago. Yeah, totally. I know, and I feel so bad. People, you know, I talk to a lot of business owners who are so frustrated with marketing, expecting, you know, to do some things and get, like, instant results. You know what I mean? Um, not possible. It's yeah. it, it, like you can get some quick wins. Yeah, every once in a while, for sure. <laughs> but you've got to focus on the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. 
Totally. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, you know, like those big goals, like what are those little mini goals that you're going to do? You know, is it going to be podcasts or blogs for SEO or social media? You know, hopefully it's all of it and it all adds up to big goals, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, So kind of piggybacking on that too, you know, we, we all like our comfort zones and, you know, we need to do things to help grow our business that we're not super comfortable with. Like, do you have any tips and like, what do you do to kind of get out of your comfort zone and grow your business? Okay. This, and I've been talking to a couple of clients this week about it. Um, The businesses that, that grow, the people that grow and are happy are the ones that are constantly stepping outside of their circle of their comfort zone. It might be only just one step at a time and and trying something new. But once you achieve that thing that's outside of your comfort zone, your comfort zone will increase and it'll be easier to do the next thing. So uh, the way I work is every six weeks, I will try and do, or not try, I will do. So you, I hate the word try because it means you're never going to do it. So <laughs> right. I, I call everyone out on using the word try. You either do or you don't. Um, so every six weeks I will do some something new that is outside of my comfort zone to allow me to grow as a person. So right right now I am, I'm basically I've upped the way I'm doing my marketing. Uh, and my social media presence as of yesterday. So I've created a my version of a, of a content calendar. Uh, and what I have to do is every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I've got to do a different video and post it onto my social media channel. It was based off a, off a different theme. So this is outside of my comfort zone because I, I prefer to be a tiny bit behind the scenes rather than being the center of attention. So once I've done this, it's going to become, for 30 days, it will become second nature and mm-hmm. I won't have any issue doing that moving on into the future. Oh, I love that. That makes total sense. Um, and I love that you're doing video. Like that is also my Achilles heel. Like I hate it. I just like can't stand it. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's the best way for people to connect with you because yeah. they get to see who you are. They get to see your facial expressions. Uh, they get to to understand who you are as a human being. Mm-hmm. I love that. So do you just, how do you come up with your different, um, you know, every six weeks of what you're going to work on? So I've got my 12 month goals uh, and I know where I want the business to be in 12 months time. And then I've got major projects that I know will help me progress there. And then I look at what, what is one of the things, what is one of those areas that will help me progress? Let's find a a, a sub project underneath that. And that's going to be my focus for the next six weeks that will help me get towards my 12 month goal. Uh, and sometimes it's outside of my comfort zone because it's something totally new. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so, so awesome. And so do you help your clients like with their goals? Like they said so 12 months and then you break it into smaller little goals yeah, for them. So, so my, I, I guess the way my business model works is I need to understand where a business owner is right now mm-hmm. uh, and, and where they want to get to, not just on a professional sense, but in a personal sense. So what is their end goal? What If we're, if we're talking at a retirement party, say in 10 years or 20 years' time, what do you want everyone to be saying about you? What do you, what do you want to have achieved? Uh, and from there, from both on a personal sense but on a 
business sense as well. From there, I help reverse engineer roadmap to get there in the simplest possible way. Because what we often find is what people want out of life, their business is not heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. So, or they're, they're get, trying to get there in a slow way or a roundabout type of way. So we, rather than go the slow way, we create a roadmap to get there as soon as possible. And that is creating the five-year goal, three-year, one-year goal, then three-month goals, and then then implementing projects to, to get there in the fastest, most efficient way. Oh, I love that. And I love that you take into account the personal as well as the professional, you know, because as business owners, it's so intertwined. You know what I mean? And- yeah. Until, until you've got a GM running your business mm-hmm. for you, uh, the per, everything that happens on the personal side of life impacts your business side. Yeah. So until you until you're you've got someone operating the day to day for you, whatever's happening on your personal side of life will no matter what will impact your business. I love it. Totally, one hundred percent agree. <laughs> um. So we're to your favorites. Um. This is also like a super fun part. Um. Because I love learning what people love. Um. What is your favorite book? Fiction or nonfiction. Uh, anything, whichever <laughs> you can say, multiple. <laughs> so for me to learn, uh, I I have Jim Rohn's audio books on mm. on repeat. So for those that don't know, uh, Jim Rohn is the guy that taught Tony Robbins. Uh, I've got a I don't necessarily like like the way that Tony Robbins delivers his content. Uh, that's just a personal opinion. Same. Uh, but <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> but uh, Jim Rohn is fantastic, and uh, so if he's Jim Rohn's passed away now, but he, uh, if anyone's looking for personal development, uh, go and listen to Jim Rohn's audio books. Uh, from a uh, from a more modern perspective, uh, there's Life Babin and Jocko Willink. Uh, so. Uh, have you heard of Life Babin and Jocko Willink? No, I haven't. So um, okay, I'm just trying to remember their books. So they they were really big just before lockdown and the start of start of lockdown. They're the two two American, um, I think, ex Navy SEALs. Uh, and I'm just, just I'm just doing a quick Google whilst I'm talking. Yeah, I think, totally. Always forget Extreme Ownership is the name of their first book. So their their first book was called Extreme Ownership, and it's all about uh, understanding everything that you do in life, uh, you need to take ownership of. Everything that happens to you in life is your fault. Um, you're in control of the way you react um, mm-hmm. and the way other people uh, or you allow others to treat you. So uh, if if, we're, if if anyone is in the position that you're blaming others for what's happening happening to you at the moment, go and, go and read uh, their book, Extreme Ownership. I love it. Uh, I'm going to get it. Um, I've been recently, have you heard of Bob Proctor? He was like big on the secret and personal development kind of stuff. I have, I haven't followed Bob Proctor. I just, I just know that um, he, yeah, he's a self-help author, uh, but yeah. I haven't read any of his stuff. Same kind so, of thing. Like um, just, uh, just this whole like paradigms, you know, all these habits that we grew up with and uh, yeah. whether, yeah, we get that they're good or bad, it doesn't matter. They're in oh, there. Ray, and- Ray Dalio. Um, have you heard of Ray? I'm yeah, sure I've heard of him. Yeah. So read Ray Dalio's books. Um, he's a, he's a billionaire investor. Um, uh-huh. uh, but he talks about his habits and how he, he built his business and, 
and the lessons that he's learned. He's got a, a book called Principles. Uh, Ooh, and that's, okay. a, that's the way to manage life and how to, how to live life kind of thing and how to keep progressing through life. So, yeah, Principles is really good as well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm taking notes um, because, yeah, I, I have like six books open at the moment right now. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it is so um, – I growing up in a household that it wasn't kind of like you can take ownership of your thoughts and, you know, it was kind of more of a, well, this is happening and we can't really do anything about it. So just opening and flipping that script is, is so empowering. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're, then we're in control. We're, yeah. Uh, we're in control of our thoughts. We're in control of what we do. Obviously, at the moment in some areas of the world, it's a tiny bit different because yeah. it's a first time uh, in a couple of generations that we've had restrictions put on us as in how we can travel and what we can do. But aside from that, we're in control of, of, of our own destiny. We can make things work. We don't have to uh, rely on the government handouts or the fact that the economy is going backwards. Mm. As long as we don't blame others, we can, we can do what we want kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, have you ever read Viktor Frankl's, you know, Man's Search for Meeting? About, no, but I think uh, I, I think I should by the sounds of it. Yeah. Well, it was, he's a, um, he was in a concentration camp. Um, he was Jewish and he just talked about, you know, they could take everything from me, but they still couldn't take away, you know, his thoughts. And so he just yes. kept positive, you know, and I read this, I read that in college 20 years ago and it never sunk in until now. I'm like, oh my God, now I understand what he's saying. You know, like, I guess I wasn't ready to like, um, be able to process it, but it. yeah, uh, it's, a, it's an amazing book. And just, I mean, it's a sad account of what happened, but it is, it's a great read. Um, I highly mm. recommend it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Next, what is your favorite drink? Again, can be anything. Uh, I have to say red wine. So a good, a, a good bottle like, of red. I feel like we're kindred spirits on multiple things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely a good bottle of red. So, and a nice too short to drink cheap red as well. So you may as well enjoy uh, enjoy the good stuff. Yes, I know. And you mentioned Croatian wine earlier, and I've heard people talk about Croatia's wine, though yeah. I've never had any. Like, is it is it as good as I hear? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good uh, because it, it's such a warm climate. Mm. Uh, it, it, for for whatever reason, the warm warm climates uh, and the soil there. It is really makes some really nice wine. They don't have much of an export economy, but mm -hmm. yeah, I loved it. Uh, some of my f favorite red is um, is from France, and it, they make rather than uh, being in barrels, it's uh, it's made in concrete vats. So, so a totally different technique I've never heard of. Uh, yeah, but yeah, red wine made in concrete vats is really interesting as well. Does that pull kind of like minerals from like the concrete and or? I I don't know to be honest, uh, because in theory it shouldn't um, it shouldn't taste as good as it does. Right. So I I think because the concrete vats are so old and there's so many years of um, previous previous um, harvests of wine on on the edge, it's just picking up um, all the previous years of wine as well. Yeah, I have never I've never even heard of that. I've just you know always heard of the barrels and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Look into the the um. In, in Italy, there's a lot of terracotta. Um, so rather than wood barrels, they use terracotta barrels. Uh, and that's really nice as well, some of their wines. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I've had some Italian wines. Those are yummy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Um, probably read fiction books. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either reading fiction books or, or exercising. So I do a lot of a lot of running and riding. Nice. Yeah. Do you still cycle and everything? Uh, I, I cycle less than I used to. Uh, I, I, I cycle now to support my running. At the moment, I'm training for a marathon and I do a bit of riding to support the marathon training. Oh, awesome. When's your marathon? It, well, it was supposed oh, to be on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> uh, no, no, it was supposed to be on Sunday, but because we're still locked down, it was delayed to uh, December 12th. Oh, awesome. So I've got awesome. Two, two more months now. Okay. Is this your first one? It is, yeah, yeah. Nice. So I decided uh, at the start of the year that why not, whilst I'm in lockdown, do a whole heap of running training to pass out the extra time that I've right. got now. Yeah, like I guess I could run instead of drink some wine right now. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what's your favorite thing to watch? Uh, it's a it's a tough one. Uh, I've watched. Uh, Normally I don't watch TV, but over lockdown I, I have. And I, yeah. I'd say my be- my favourite TV series has been Blacklist. Oh, so, okay. Have you watched Australia? Blacklist? No, I've never even heard of it. Is it a Australian, I'm yeah. assuming? It's a Netflix. No, no, it's not. Oh, okay. It's Netflix um, with James Spader in it. So James Spader's uh, oh, uh, yeah. the main the main actor. So, uh, yeah, go and go and watch. It's on Netflix? Yes. Okay. Um, go, and, go and download and watch it. So, yeah, uh, I totally will. Uh, I'm not going to tell you any more other than the fact that you'll enjoy it. Okay. So <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> and I know we were talking briefly about Australian shows before we started recording. There's this other one that I watched, and it's kind of older. Um, it's called McLeod's Daughters. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I love it so much. <laughs> that, that, that was one of our, like, our dramas when I was growing up as a as a teenager. So oh, it's like it's 20, it's 20 years old. It hasn't been on TV for years. So it's, uh, it's on Hulu. I, I'm surprised that it's made it out, out your way. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's uh, The funny story is I watched it like 11 years ago. I was when I was pregnant with my daughter and right when I had her, you know, and she was my first one and just a lot of like snuggle time and you know nursing and stuff like that and I got hooked on it like it was on Netflix then and recently I don't remember what we were watching I saw one of the actors and I was like oh my god that's Alex from McLeod's daughter so I restarted <laughs> it and like I'm on season two and like I forgot how good this is <laughs> that's funny that's funny I know. um and lastly where's your favorite place to go um Anywhere outside of our 5K limits oh at the moment. <laughs> we're, we're limited Sorry, that's not nice to ask right now. I should have taken that question off. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm just being a smart ass. Uh, on, honestly, I just love traveling. So for, for me, it's it's anywhere with a warm climate and the beach, whether it's Thailand, mm-hmm. Bali, or Queensland, uh, Hawaii, as long as we can relax by the beach. Uh, yeah. Even Croatia, like. The uh, all the islands in Croatia are fantastic. Mm. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I love beaches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, so, where can everybody find you um, online? Like your website, uh, social media, and no, no, you said mentioned the Facebook group. I'll put that as well, but just so they can connect with you further. Yeah, the best places are the website, which is evolve to grow or obviously the Facebook page. Oh, sorry, the Facebook group, which is 
which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash business, the business evolution or my LinkedIn profile, which is Tristan D. Wright. Awesome. Well, yay, this has been so much fun. Um, I'm so happy that we were able to connect and uh, that it worked out and it wasn't a crazy time for you. <laughs> yeah, it's worked well. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Um, and thanks for listening, everyone, and sipping with us. We'll be back next week. <laughs>